0: I'm Eric Sue and I'm Neil Patel and today we're going to talk about why no one reads your content. So first and foremost, if you're writing especially if you're in the marketing space and you're writing the same stuff everybody else is writing and you're basically it's an echo chamber, well, you're not doing anything to stand out and people the attention spans getting lower and lower. I think a couple of years ago people were saying the attention span, average attention span was about 8 seconds or so. It's probably even gotten lower than that because If I just look at my behavior when I'm reading stuff, I'm just skimming through it now. I'm really looking for headlines. I'm looking for something to do, and I'm done, right? But if you're not giving anything new, people are going to label you as, oh, you're just another somebody else that is writing basically what everybody else is writing. There's nothing new here. You're not adding value. Then forget it. I don't need to hang out here because my time is valuable. Neil, what are your thoughts around this?
1: They say 8 out of 10 people will read your headline, but only 2 out of 10 people will continue and read the rest of your article. So what does that tell you? you'll lose most of the amount of people from your headline. If your headline's not really attractive, no one's going to end up reading it. Funny enough, even if it is really attractive, I found something interesting with Twitter traffic and Facebook. At one point, we were looking how much Facebook traffic we're getting. We're like, we get more likes and shares in the article than the actual click-throughs to the site, according to Google Analytics. Same with Twitter. Not always with all posts, but it just comes down to headlines. If your headline isn't attractive, people aren't necessarily going to read it. So go to Google, type in copy blogger headline formula, and you'll find formulas that help you create really attractive headlines. The other thing you can do is Google Portent, P-O-R-T-E-N-T, headline generator. They have a tool that helps you craft really awesome headlines, and then go from there. There's another author or a blogger named John Moreau, and really smart guy could be butchering his last name, but he used to manage the Kissmetrics blogs years ago when we first started up. And what he ended up telling me, and this is a really smart thing, he's just like, it's all about the headline. And you know how I come up with really amazing headlines? I can use these headline formulas or these tools, you know, that I'm talking about. And they're awesome. They give me a start. But then what I do is I go to a bar and I try to find drunk people. And I then read them my headlines. If I can get the attention of a drunk person, I can usually get the attention of a sober person. And he's like, I spend almost half my time, this is John speaking, Crafting the headline. And that way I have something really powerful that people want to read.
0: Yeah. And the other part is promotion too. A lot of people think they will build something and everyone will come. But as Derek Halpern says, it's the 80 20 role. So if you want to listen to that podcast episode, it's Growth Everywhere. Just Google Growth Everywhere, Derek Halpern. And in there, he talks about well, here's the main thing. You should spend 20% of your time on the content and then 80% of the other time promoting it. Probably even more, maybe 90% of the time promoting. If you have no audience initially, you have to go get the word out. You have to reach out to other people, right? Um, Instead of trying to close these other people and trying to get something from them all the time, you know, Neil gets emails all the time from people asking him for stuff. I, I get a lot of emails from people asking for stuff. But instead of doing that, reach out to these people and figure out, maybe even beforehand, before you even do the piece of content, figure out how you can help them. What can you give to them? Maybe what you know, what introductions can you make to these people, right? That's how you get to know people in the beginning. So instead of always be closing, always be giving, right? A, B, G, think about what you can give first and that's how you build relationships because everyone's looking for something from somebody else. Everybody's looking to play an angle. But you know, if you don't have a big budget initially, just use the power of your time, reach out to these people, use a tool like Email Hunter, that's hunter.io you can find these email addresses and you know just reach out to these people Um, you can even use a tool like Mixmax and then you know send out multiple emails but I would even you know Try away from doing that initially, and say, "Hey, you know, send out you know templates are, or send out emails where you know the first couple of sentences are customized because that way you're tailoring it towards the, those people, and the the response rate is going to be higher when you're trying to promote your content. Because promoting your content, you're going to get social shares. Um, you know, hopefully, icing on the cake is getting links as well. But you're also going to be building relationships with people, and that's how you get the flywheel moving.
1: Yeah, the um, other thing too with your content. Speaking of Hunter. Is One of the main reasons people don't read it, as Eric mentioned, is you're not promoting it. So go to buzzsumo.com, put in your competitor URLs. You'll find out what's popped in the space. You're putting keywords that's related to your articles. You'll see what's popped in the space. Take that URL, go plug it into search.twitter.com. It'll show you all the Twitter users that ended up tweeting that article. You can use Hunter to figure out their email addresses. So let's say I'm reaching out to Eric, right? He tweeted out an article that's similar to mine. So I'll email him with something like, hey, Eric, I know you shared, uh, let's say, 10 ways to double your search engine traffic by John Lee Dumas. I actually have a similar article coming out next week, and mine covers 21 more ways to double your search engine traffic. Let me know if you want to see it. Cheers, Neil. And then in many cases, because it's very relevant to the article Eric already shared, he's going to say yes. So then I'm going to respond back with, Uh, Here you go. And then I'll put cheers, Neil. P.S. If you share this, not only will it make my uh, year, it'll make my decade or something like that. And then I'll do P.P.S. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. And the reason you want to add the P.P.S. with just asking them if you can help them out is they're much more likely to share content if they know that you'll reciprocate later down the road it's a simple way to get way more people to read your content.
0: All right, the other thing is you have to look at the top players in your space. Who's doing things really well? You know, how are their blog posts formatted? What do their blog images look like? Even the design of the blog, you know, what's going on there exactly. So, in many cases when people complain about this, I often just look at their blog, what they're putting together and to be frank, they're half-assing it, right? You, you know, they're not putting uh, something really in depth. It looks like an article that hasn't even been edited. So ideally, you have people that are helping you out in terms of editing it, or maybe you're doing a couple passes at it um, if, if you're first starting out. And then also your imagery matters too, right? Um, you know, I, I know Neil has access to a lot of images out there from his stock photo site, but the stock photos that he picks, they actually look good. Or even having a custom, you know, blog designer to help you with that. That also helps. Uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, you just want to make sure everything kind of plugs in. I'm not saying these individual pieces all make a massive difference, but when you add everything up, it does make a big difference because people are, you're competing with other people for attention, right? That's the most valuable thing. Um, and if you're not doing, you know, your best to stand out, if you're half-assing it, if you don't have a good process to follow um, and basically duplicate across the board, well, you're not going to stand out. And then you're going to be one of those people that ends up saying, well, you know what, content marketing just doesn't work for me. So um, Neil, anything else to add before we hop off? I used to crank out a ton of content
1: and it would get a ton of shares, but not a lot of traffic. And the reason being is Eric mentioned this earlier is I was writing a lot of mediocre content. So when you write me to mediocre content. Eventually, it won't work. When I first started blogging, it worked like a charm because no one else was doing it. I would go from writing 300 and 500 word posts to thousand word posts, and then my everyone would read it and share it. And then I went into two thousand word posts, and then five thousand word posts, and everyone started doing the same. So eventually, all my content was just you know being regurgitated because everyone else was writing similar articles. The length didn't matter. Yeah, it may have been in depth, but the information was old. So then I switched to a model instead of blogging seven times a week with just standard information to blogging once a week with amazing, unique information. My traffic has actually increased. So what I did was I then took all my old posts that were popular, reshare them on a daily basis on Facebook so I can maintain my traffic, write one really amazing blog post a week. People are like, oh, Neil, you're writing amazing content. This is what we expect from you. This is new stuff that we haven't seen helps with branding, helps position me in the marketplace, helps create, uh, the loyalty and is generating me a lot of readership at the same time. So don't just write new to content. If you don't have as much time to write unique, awesome content, blog less, share your old posts on Facebook to maintain your traffic. And eventually once you do this process for a few months, you'll notice that your traffic will maintain, if not grow, and you'll be spending less time writing content and the content you
0: do produce. You'll be happy to put your name behind because you'll be like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, and one more thing to note, uh, you can use a tool like Meet Edgar, um to schedule your posts over time. Neil has a lot of different posts, so his social media manager doesn't have time to dig through every single thing. You might as well look at all the stuff that's the old stuff that's not still relevant today. The evergreen stuff, ideally, you schedule everything into Edgar, and Edgar will basically go off the schedule that you specify and continue to share these posts over time, so you don't need to have somebody actively managing it. Um, the more you can automate, the better for your business over time.
1: Well, minus Facebook. I've noticed when you use tools to schedule on Facebook, it gets less reach and uh, your account than when someone manually goes into that. So don't use tools to share on Facebook.
0: That is true, uh, definitely on Facebook. So in Neil's case, you might even need to have you know someone, um, you know, train someone up on a new process to just post natively to, to Facebook. So anyway, that's it for today's episode of Marketing School. We'll see you tomorrow. This session of Marketing School has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe for more daily marketing strategies and tactics to help you find the success you've always dreamed of.